to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you, Nathan. You're awesome. Gosh, you're brilliant up here. You've got incredible pastors. Haven't you got incredible pastors? We love Paul and Jeannie, Nathan and Debbie doing a phenomenal job. And I feel like I've come home. I love being at Derby this morning. It's, I love being part of family and then coming back here tonight, being with all of you together. I'm believing for a breakthrough. I'm believing this is a season of breakthrough for Icon Church. And when I was praying for you, we need to get breakthroughs individually in order for us to corporately come together and see breakthrough as a church. And our Rise and Build offering that is coming up, and we've got ours in Soul Church as well next weekend, it's going to be significant, not only for our churches, but it's going to be significant, I believe, in this country. And what's going out, the sound that is going out is going to be a strong sound from the UK. This album that is coming out very soon, we did have a little sneak preview last night, and it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. The hand of God is on that. The hand of God is on you guys. And so I want to encourage you tonight. Are you ready to receive the word? And what I've prepared, I'm believing is going to go straight to your heart, through my heart, from God's heart. So can you put your hand on your heart? Because that's where all our issues come from. And that's where our decision to change comes from. So Lord Jesus, I pray for every heart that's bowed before you. I don't know what's going on in every heart, but Spirit of God, you do. And I pray that you would help me to declare your word and your word would be broken up hundreds of ways to whatever is needed for every heart. Strengthen, renew, restore, soften hardened hearts and draw each and every one of us closer to you and that we will never be the same to get again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can take your seats, wonderful people. Thank you, worship team, for doing a phenomenal job again. And uh, I want us to go through the roof. Can we do that? Have you ever felt like there's a ceiling on you? Like a bit of a, um, you get so far and can't go any further. And sometimes it can be lack of confidence. Sometimes it can be a job situation that fell through. Sometimes it can be an addiction. Sometimes it can be our own thinking, our own mindsets. I know sometimes we can allow a ceiling in our lives to become a permanent fixture. I know when Steve and I got to our 40th year, I know we're six months between us. It's a big year for Steve this year. So this was 10 years ago. And we got to a point financially where we were looking to give again in an offering like this. And we hadn't until this point owned our own home because when we first got married, my granddad built us a home and we rented from him and it was an awesome home. And then we moved to a home that was um, linked with the church, like the Vicar's Man's kind of thing on the side. And then when we moved to Australia, we were renting. When we moved back to England for a couple of years again, we were renting. We moved back to Sydney, we were renting. When they asked us to move to Brisbane, to Hillsong again, we were renting. And there was a desire in my heart to own. But we thought that we would never be able to do that because we're pastors or because we're giving so much. And we had this mindset and mentality that made us think we've just got to make do because we're going to give to everyone else. And that might sound very noble. It's actually wrong thinking. 
And we were in a, I, I would look around at other people that were our age, that were owning their own homes. And I started to get this desire. And we were in our connect group one night and a, a friend came up to us and prophesied over us. Prophecy is just giving a, a word of encouragement strongly that she felt was, was from God to us and saying, I believe you're gonna own your new home. And just as King Solomon built the temple, God's house, he also built his own house. And as you guys are building God's house, he'll build your house. That's actually a word for some of you here tonight. You might be new in here. You might be coming for years. God wants to build your house. What's important to you is important to God. And so when I was speaking that week at a new people night, actually it was a group leaders training night. And one of our leaders came up to me afterwards. He said, Rachel, I feel like God spoke to me as you were, as you were um, teaching tonight. Come to our house on, for Sunday lunch. We've got something we want to share with you. So we went for Sunday lunch and this couple we don't know very well said to us, we believe God has spoken to us to sow a gift to your lives as a family. We don't know if you own a home or not, but we believe this $5,000 is a seed towards you owning your own home. And God is going to do the rest. They then proceeded to take us down to a block of land and said, this has been empty because he was a builder and it had been repossessed, the land by the bank. And he was saying, you guys could build here. And we, we, I, we kind of laughed. Again, we had that mindset that we'd gone so far and we wouldn't be able to build a house. Probably not until we get a, an inheritance at some point from either one of our parents. And so we started to enlarge our faith. And we realized we had to have 22,000 for a, a, a deposit. How at the heck are we going to do that? He said, come on, tr let's trust God together. And so the guy said to Steve, call the bank and make this ridiculous offer or call the guy that's calling the bank. And Steve was a bit embarrassed because when he called, the guy that answered the phone was a guy from church. And um, he said, hi, it's Steve, and gave him this ridiculous offer. And the guy said, yeah, that's, that's pretty ridiculous. Anyway, a few days later, he came back and the bank said, yes. And we bought this block of land. So now we needed to build a home and we needed £22,000 uh, deposit. And we worked out in that same week that the Australian government give to first-time homeowners a grant. Thank you very much, Australian government. And that was 17,000. Added on to the 5,000 he gave us, we had enough for a deposit. And long story short, we were able to build a home and I think we might have a picture of our home. It had a beautiful pool, it had aircon, four bedrooms. We had a lot of people come and stay with us while we lived there. We were able to sell it and recently moved back to England a year ago and sold it at a great price that set us up for this season in our lives. And we've got our heart for the house or our rise and build offering next week. And we are able to give more than we've ever given. Not because we're good, but it was actually a huge step in faith for us to step back here from out of a regular salary, full-time job in, in a, a, a church setting to doing part-time in church and rest of the time traveling around and ministering. But you know what? We were able to break through a mindset because someone encouraged us. So tonight, I wonder what the mindsets might be that are holding you back, that this Word can help set you free from that and ask the Holy Spirit to enable you. So maybe there's a reoccurring sickness. Maybe there's a tendency to, to feel like you've gone as far as you can and you're not gonna go any further. Maybe you've got a bit stuck. Maybe other people have said that over you. Maybe you've tried and you've prayed and you've believed and it still hasn't happened. The title of this message is Don't Let Your Ceiling become your ceiling. Don't let your ceiling become your S-E-A-L-I-N-G. The dictionary definition for ceiling is to fasten or closely secure something 
close something securely, something blocked, clogged, or choked. You know, like in your shower sometimes when it starts filling up and filling up and you get a big flood because the, the, um, the thing needs debunging and you've got to put some, some chemical down there or a plunger. God wants to actually break through some blockages in our thinking and in our lives tonight. It's not His will for us to live blocked. It says in John 8, 36, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And Jesus actually said, from out of your innermost being, in John 7, will flow rivers of living water from our heart. That's where the blockages start. And He wants to unblock some blockages. So do you want to know how we're going to see breakthrough and unblock some blockages? Are you ready to go to new heights? Are you ready to go through the roof? Are you ready, Icon Church? Are you ready, individuals? Are you ready? Nudge, nudge the person beside you and say, come on, are you ready for breakthrough in your life? Whatever it is. Okay, we're gonna look at Mark chapter two. Oh, before I continue, I wanna show you a quick picture of my girls. Um, this was us having a high tea when Melody was home in the summer. I've got a 19-year-old and a 14-year-old. That was my girls. And then there's one of Steve and Melody. Just gotta show you some family pictures because we're family. That was in July. And we're going over to see Melody in November for her graduation. So we are coming, zooming in on Mark chapter 2. Bless you. That's nearly as loud as Steve sneezes. Steve sneezes loudly and snores loudly. Good job, mate. You must be an anointed man. So this is a powerful story. It's the height of Jesus' ministry. And it becomes because He just healed a leper, for goodness sake, and that's incurable. He just cast out some demons and people had never seen this. So the house that He was at in Capernaum was absolutely chock-a-block, packed out. It was like it had gone viral. And everybody, the paparazzi were out, everyone was talking about healing, healing. Maybe you can heal me, maybe you can heal me. And so they're all crowding into this house. And on the scene, and you've probably heard, some of you may have heard this story before, some of you may have not, but it's a story where four men bring their friend who's paralysed on a stretcher to be healed. They heard that the healer was in town and they arrive on the scene and it says in Mark 2.2, there were so many people crowded inside the house to hear him that there was no room even outside the door. Now this guy, it says was paralysed, it was likely that he was a quadriplegic. I used to be a physio, worked in neurology, and those muscles don't just get better with exercise. It's a nerve damage, neurological problem, an impossible situation. In fact, the word paralysed in the Webster's Dictionary is, is defined as to make powerless or ineffective. I love that this new album is called Dream Again. Because I think one of the greatest weapons and the mindsets of the enemy in this world today is to make our dreams powerless and ineffective. To make our prayer life powerless and ineffective. Because in here and in here, we don't really believe it because there's a blockage, a mindset. Sometimes our paralysis can be due to over-analysis. Anyone overanalyze? Me and Debbie were talking about this in the car on the way back from Derby this morning. We're overanalysts, analyzers. And it's like sitting in a rocking chair, going backwards and forwards over the same thing, but you're moving, but you're not really going anywhere. Sometimes it can be fear of the future that can paralyze us and cause a blockage. Whatever you think is a breakdown in your life, some of you might have experienced something that was a breakdown can actually become your breakthrough. So these four men bring this paralyzed man to Jesus and they see that they can't get in. Talk about disappointing. 
Some of you experience that feeling of, I can't get near to Jesus. I don't know what it is. I can't seem to be able to get close to Him. And you see other people and they seem to be getting all the answers. And and sometimes we give up too soon. These men did not give up. They took their friend. They didn't say, oh, we're going home. Or be very polite and say, oh, we'll wait our turn. Thank you very much. We're very English. Or And they didn't didn't say, oh, when's he coming out? Or we'll come back another day. They took their friend up to... Now picture this. They they had a sense of urgency. It was a Palestinian home that were wooden pillars with a, a reeds and mud roof that would have been baked in the sun hard. And there was a step ladder down the side. And these guys decided... Excuse me, this is our turn. This is our friend's turn. And they drag him up this ladder on the side of the house and they look up. They didn't give up. They refused to accept the situation the way it was. Pastor Brian defines preaching as giving people a stepladder to victory. Surely that's our role as The Bible says we're living epistles, read of all men, that we should be giving each other a stepladder to victory. And they take him on the roof and their fingers must have been sore, pulling away that hard hard roof and the, the, the soil coming down over Jesus' head. And this is my key text. Verse four. And when they had broken through. A very simple text in the Passion Paraphrase. And when they had broken through. You see, sometimes we're saying, God, bring my breakthrough. Oh God, oh, they're getting a breakthrough. They're getting breakthrough. God, bring my breakthrough. But sometimes the breakthrough starts with us. They lowered the paralyzed man right in front of Jesus. I believe God is looking for some audacious, gutsy individuals here in Icon Church that are prepared not to take no for an answer. They're not going to wait their turn and be all polite and say, oh, maybe one day or get used to, we get used to our pain. We get used to our situation. We get used to our personality. We get used to our marriage the way it is. We get used to the fact that our kids don't come to church. We get used to the fact that we, we mumble when we try and make new friendships. We get used to the fact that doors close when we're trying to be employed. We need to push past that and say, yes, this is my time. I'm going to get my breakthrough in Jesus' Name. So what is your ceiling? I talked to someone this week, a friend of mine, and she loves serving in church, but her husband doesn't. And he wants to to earn more money and she wants to give more time in church. It's a ceiling that could become an S-E-A-L-I-N-G. One of the men on our team, he loves God, but he finds it really hard to encounter him and he keeps drifting back because his mum died years ago and there was a financial problem in the family and so he's got bitterness in his heart, potentially a ceiling that could become a ceiling. One of our key girls in our team is considering starting her own business and has been considering it since we got back a year ago. But she feels intimidated by others, worried what other people will think, worried about telling her current boss who she served for 18 years that she feels that it's right to step out in business. A ceiling that is potentially could become a ceiling. Someone that I respect once said something via someone else personally about me, thinking it would help me. But they were seeing it through their agenda and through their lens. And it was actually quite hurtful and knocked the wind from my sails. Have you ever, anyone ever gone through that? 
And I had to not allow that ceiling to become my ceiling and move forward because it could have limited my potential and what God was doing and from being myself. So you ready for some quick takeaway points? How can you break through that flipping ceiling? Are you ready? Number one, break out from the containment of the crowd. When they realised they couldn't get near Jesus because of the crowd, they push past others. Push past peer pressure. Like don't be all obnoxious, but be strong. Don't worry about what others think. And that's not just our youth. Social media can be a big thing for all of us. Even as pastors, we can look at each other's congregations and think, or other people achieving or other people's homes. Be yourself and don't feel like you need other people's appraisal to move forwards. We talked to an amazing couple in our church and they'd held back because they thought the pastor didn't really value them or because they thought that what they were doing wasn't really very important. And when we told them, you couldn't be further from the truth. But we we haven't got time to go around and say to everyone all the time, you're wonderful, you're wonderful. And we should because we need that. But don't stop yourself from moving forward because of people's appraisal or your need for appraisal. You've got heaven's approval and you need to back yourself. Some of you need to put your hand on someone's back and say, come on, you back yourself. I'm with you, we can do this. Number two, break through with faithful friends. Last year when I was here or six months ago, I had a really painful back and I felt that this was becoming a ceiling for me again. And I remember preaching at your Imagine conference and Jeannie and and your pastors here, Pastor Jeannie and Pastor Paul and, and Debbie, they were faithful friends. I had to lie down in that room while Debbie was preaching. And I got up here, it was amazing. I felt the sense of God's presence and I didn't actually have a lot of pain when I was up here. It was a breakthrough moment, that conference. But they were with me, they encouraged me, they made me feel at home. They encouraged me at a time when I actually really needed it in my life. Faithful friends that we've only known this time last year. God brings these friends into our lives for a purpose. I've actually been pain-free for six months and I'm believing for my complete healing in Jesus' name. My lovely friend, Margaret Stunt, who's also my mentor, and I think some of you know her, she had to speak to me a couple of weeks ago when my daughter, Melody, decided that she wasn't going to return home this year, but is going to stay in Australia for a little longer, maybe for another year. And she got to tour with Young and Free in America, which is wonderful, and she's living her dream. But my mama's heart got fearful. My mama's heart said, what if she doesn't ever come back? What if she gets married there? What if she... I don't know, how many mums might have felt that. Now, my fears felt real to me because I'm new on this journey. Some of you have, have said goodbye to family and you're good with it now. I don't think we ever get good with it. But, but being so far away and Margaret said to me, Rachel, you have to trust God. Do you really trust him? And I said, yeah, of course I do. Do you really trust him? You say you trust him, do you really? So then I felt shame because I didn't trust him. And so you know, I was on the treadmill at the gym last week and I was saying, God, help me to trust you more. Help me to trust you more. Help me to trust you more, God. And I I think about the situations and what's happening. Oh God, now I'm putting that out of my mind. I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. And I felt God whisper to me, Rachel, don't just trust me, love me. Because you trust people you love. And ask me to give you more love for me. Because I can't actually love God for my human, it's, it's a different love. Agape love is beyond our ability. But we can ask Him to help us love Him. And when you love Him more and just sit at His feet more, you love Him, you trust Him more. And that's been my revelation from a faithful friend 
saying, trust him more. Number three, break up the hard places. So first of all, break three, free from the containment of the crowd. Secondly, with faithful friends. And thirdly, break up those hard places. They had to break through that roof, I'm sure, until their knuckles were sore. Hosea 10 says, break up your fallow ground. You have to break up your own. You have to do it yourself. It's time to seek the Lord till He comes and rains righteousness on you. Fallow ground is an area of ground that has not had crops grow on it for a season. The farmer would purposefully put it aside so it can then bear more fruit. Some of you have felt like there's a barren season, but God has not forgotten you. You will bear more fruit. But you know what happens when we are hurt, or when we are disappointed, or when we've had a panic attack? We do everything we can to self-preserve. And we harden our hearts. And we don't allow ourselves to become too confronted or too emotional. And our society today is playing safe, 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 safe. Because, oh, we can't have mental health. And so we're safe and we're safe. And we put ourselves in environments that are safe. But God actually wants us to talk about it, to talk to Him about it, to read this word that is actually not safe. This word is full of faith, which means risk. It's spelt risk. It means it can cut through those hard places. Those places can sometimes become so hard that you can be in a service like this or praying and the reign of the Holy Spirit comes and it's wonderful and it might last a few days, a few weeks even, but then we go back to the same thing because we haven't broken up those hard places. We haven't dealt with it. There's a picture on the screen of a place in Stanthorpe that was near us in Queensland where regularly, because there's no rain, the ground, the farmers are despairing and they pray often for rain in Queensland, but that's an area of land that needs to be harrowed, that needs to be ploughed. And the way that we can do that is through the Word of God. I've got a a lovely friend. She is a flight attendant for Qantas and she came to church the first year that we got there in Brisbane about 10 years ago. God transformed her life. And she told me her story a few years later that she suffered horrendous physical, spiritual, mental emotional abuse at the hands of her parents and some family members. She was raised in some kind of strange cult where they actually would use the Bible to reprimand her and tell her off. And she got to a place where she would come to church and she would do good for a while and get a bit of a breakthrough. But then she would become hard again and she would push people away and she would step back. And I couldn't understand why I couldn't get close to her. And that's pretty extreme. Some of us experience things in our lives where we've been disappointed and we go good for a while and God helps us and friends helps us, help us, but we've actually got to deal with the root issue and, and carve up that, that ground, that fallow ground. And I realised what the key was one day. She didn't actually have a Bible in her hand, in her home that she read because this meant pain for her because her parents used it against her. And so I said... I can't believe this is my most precious weapon, if you like, my most cut dear friend. It's, I could not be where I am today, seriously, without the Word of God to guide me and show me and put his shine the torch. The Bible says his, his Word is a lamp to our feet. Shine my path and shine those areas of my heart that need to be sorted. And so I introduced her to you version on the phone and, and she could listen to the Bible being read in her car on her way to the airport, on her way to work. And when she was getting dressed in the morning, it actually brought 
breakthrough to her life. She would hear messages on a Sunday, but she wasn't able to do it day to day because we can't go from one week to the next week, Christians only. This has to work in our everyday lives, in our everyday personal situation. I talked to a couple of weeks ago and she hasn't needed to see a psychologist, psychiatrist for such a long time. And those are good things, but she hasn't needed that because she's got breakthrough in her life. And we're going to see her when we go over to Australia soon. Reminds me of, of when you put fleas in a jam jar with the lid on. They'll keep jumping and jumping and jumping and hitting the lid. If you take the lid off, they'll still keep jumping to the level of their last experience. The lid is off, but they remain trapped. Sometimes we're just going as far as what we've experienced before. But to go where you've never gone before, you need to do something you've never done before. And God is with you. He's backing you. And number four, personally, passionately pursue the master of the breakthrough. So these friends are taking Jesus, are taking their friend up to the roof and they bring him to the feet of Jesus. I love the song that we sang earlier, which was, Find Me at the Feet of Jesus. Bring the problem straight away to the feet of Jesus. Faith pleases him. He actually said to the man in verse four, when they weren't able to get in because of the crowd, they removed part of the roof and lowered the paraplegic on his stretcher. He was impressed by their bold belief. He was impressed that they pushed through to the very feet of Jesus. In the Amplified, in verse five, it says, when Jesus saw their active faith springing from confidence in him, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. He saw their active confidence, not their paralyzing fear, not that thing that kept holding them back. He saw their active confidence. I had to um, step out and be confident in trusting God and loving Him more. And, and He actually was able, because sometimes we can carry shame that we're not better yet or that we're not over that problem yet, or we're not trusting God enough yet. And actually, this paralysed man would have been very shame-filled because in that society, someone that was paralysed was seen, that must be a punishment from God because of sin in his life or his parents' life. And so he would have been seen as, a, as an outcast. And so Jesus actually by saying, son, son, daughter, your sins are forgiven. He was validating that man in front of the whole crowd because he was carrying shame. And he said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. He actually, in Mark chapter two, it says, I say to you, arise, verse nine, take up your bed, go to your house. Immediately, he took up his bed and left in the presence of them all. And they were amazed, glorifying God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. You see, if he had have just been healed first, he wouldn't have got rid of his shame. And before you're waiting for your miracle and your breakthrough, let me pause to say, God is saying to you, don't carry around that shame. I had shame that as a pastor, I didn't trust God enough with my own daughter. And I felt bad that I didn't trust God. Some of you might have shame that your, your family members and in church, you might have shame that you're still not healed after all this time. And shame's a big word, but it can come in different forms, a little bit, a lot. It's still shame. But God is saying to you, my son, 
my daughter, I want everyone in this room to know you are loved. I see you. I know your situation. I am working your breakthrough. I'm working it together for good. And if anything else, nothing else happens, the biggest breakthrough is that you know you are a son and daughter of the Most High God and nothing can change that. In Jesus' name. So he left. And you know what? The place went berserk. And my last point, and can the team come up? And we're going to get ready to sing some praise to God. My last point is your breakthrough will cause praise to break out. I love the album Dream Again. And I believe that you guys are going to see some breakthroughs individually and as a church, that there will be a song and a sound of praise that goes out from here that actually will become contagious. And people will be like, oh, I want to be part of that. There's something about praise that is contagious because it gets our focus of ourself and our problem and our breakthrough onto the God of the breakthrough. Some postmodern our society today, sometimes our worship and praise can be all about us and helping make us feel better. Oh, I felt so much better after the worship tonight. I felt, and there's partly that, but it's actually giving praise and turning our affection and our, our, our focus on Him. That's what gives us our breakthrough. And so in the Bible, they used to send the army out before the battle. And then after they came through a battle, they would praise God. They would send the praises out before the battle and the praises out at the end of the battle and they would keep praising Him throughout the battle. So while you're waiting for your breakthrough, can I give you a suggestion? Praise Him. Can I give you something more than a suggestion? Can I, can I make it a declaration? If we praise God, you will see breakthrough in your life because your mindset and your heart will change and you will look to God and know that He is working all things together for your good. He's the God of the impossible. He's the God of the breakthrough. David encourages us so many times in the Psalms and he wrote in a beautiful Psalm and it says, verse 40, in Psalm 43, I will say to my soul, because sometimes you're gonna have to speak to your soul when you're praising because you don't feel like it. Don't be discouraged. Don't be disturbed. For I fully expect my Saviour, God, to break through for me. Then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise Him all over again. Yes, living before His face is my saving grace. Don't be discouraged. Don't be disturbed. The God of the breakthrough is gonna break through for you. Turn your pain into praise. Turn your worry into worship. Turn your shame into shouting. Turn your doubt into declaration. Turn your overthinking into thank Him. And turn your disappointment to start to dream again. You might be asking, can I really do this? Yes, you can. Can I really step out? Can I really do this? He's the God of the breakthrough. When David asked that, when he was about to go out to the enemies and, and defeat the Philistines, God, can I do this? And God said to him in 2 Samuel, I will doubtless deliver you. Go up, I will doubtless deliver you. And he called the name of the place where he prayed, Baal Prezam, Perazim, which means the Lord of the breakthrough. He broke through like a breakthrough of water. When you go forth from here tonight, you're going 
knowing that you're pushing past what anybody thinks. You're going knowing that you'll push through those hard places and He's gonna enable you. You're bringing your problem to the feet of Jesus and you're gonna have faithful friends to do it with and you're gonna praise Him through the good and through the bad. But more than that, you're gonna know He's the God of your breakthrough. You're not doing this alone. He is the master of your breakthrough. Can we stand together? And we're gonna get ready to sing some praise to God. And if you need a breakthrough tonight, I wanna encourage you as we worship, lift both of your hands to heaven and say, God, yes, I need some hard places to be softened. Yes, God, I need to know without a doubt that You are with me when I go back into the situation. Yes, God, I'm leaving my shame behind tonight. If you can, raise your hands right now all over this place. I speak Your power that will defeat our paralysis. I speak Your Word that will bring life and hope and change to impossible situations. Right now, those things we've been hoping for and believing for, we see breakthrough starting right here, right now. And Lord, You've promised what You have started, You are faithful to complete. So come on, let's sing this song together and let's believe that our breakthrough is coming in Jesus' mighty Name. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.